0: Dawn, May 6th, 1945. A frigid lake high in the Austrian Alps. In the distance, the muffled explosions of Allied bombs and artillery echoed over the mountains.
1: A platoon of Nazi soldiers scrambled to load a rowboat with heavy wooden crates. They knew the British and American forces were closing in, so they had to hurry. As the last
0: crate was secured in the boat, The soldiers heard something nearby. They
1: swung their guns to the tree line.
0: But it wasn't American soldiers.
1: It was only a young Austrian farm girl. The soldiers exchanged a look. She might not be an enemy, but she was a witness.
0: But the ranking officers waved them off. Gunfire would be too loud. If there were Allied soldiers in the area, they'd surely hear it.
1: Besides, she was just a child. She didn't know what was hidden in the boxes.
0: The soldiers holstered their guns and returned to their mission.
1: They rowed the boat into the lake. When they were over deep water, they heaved the crates one by one into the water.
0: The boxes splashed and sunk hundreds of feet to the bottom. Now, no one would know what the Nazis were doing at their secret base at the lake
1: the icy waters would keep their secret, perhaps too well.
0: Welcome to Conspiracy Theories, a Spotify original from ParCast. Every Monday and Wednesday, we dig into the complicated stories behind the world's most controversial events and search for the truth. I'm Carter Roy.
1: And I'm Molly Brandenburg.
0: And neither of us are conspiracy theorists.
1: But we are open-minded, skeptical, and curious. Don't get us wrong. Sometimes the official version is the truth. But sometimes it's not. You can find episodes of Conspiracy Theories and all other Spotify originals from ParCast for free on Spotify.
0: This is a special one-part episode on Lake Toplets an isolated lake in the Austrian Alps that was a secret dump site for Nazi treasures.
1: Today, we'll explore the deadly history of the lake and three conspiracy theories about what's lurking in its depths.
0: According to the most famous theory, the lake contains billions of dollars worth of stolen gold. But some treasure hunters believe there could be other valuables, like Swiss bank account numbers, Or deadly weapons that could have changed the course of World War II?
1: We have all that and more coming up. Stay with us.
0: If you're interested in crazy stories from the wild world of organized crime, scams, gangs, cartels, mafias, drug dealers, and everything fun like that, have we got a podcast for you The Underworld Podcast is hosted by two conflict journalists, Danny Gold and Sean Williams, who have reported on all sorts of dangerous people in dangerous places. Every week, they bring you a new episode on international organized crime from a new corner of the globe. You can find The Underworld Podcast on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. At first glance, Lake Toplitz looks like something out of a fairy tale. It's long and thin, ringed by jagged mountain peaks that make it seem like the mouth of a dragon, and its glassy surface conceals cavernous depths.
1: In some spots, the lake stretches down over 300 feet. That's deep enough to submerge a 30-story building or the Statue of Liberty. The lake lies high up in the Alps, nearly 2,500 feet above sea level. During the winter, it's a frozen wonderland.
0: Then in the summer, when the ice melts, wildflowers bloom along its shore.
1: And just like a lake in a fairy tale, Lake Toplitz is difficult to find. It's surrounded by dense forests of spruce, oak, and birch trees. And even today, it's only accessible by an overgrown footpath about a mile long.
0: Once you reach the water, you may notice another mythical quality about the lake. 65 feet below the surface, it's salty. You heard that right. Salt water in the Austrian Alps.
1: That's probably because the lake sits on a salt deposit known as Hasselgeberge. And in addition to being salty, the deep water is also low in oxygen Anywhere below 65 feet is nearly devoid of the life-giving gas.
0: So it's salty and doesn't have much oxygen. Makes for a tough place to
1: live. Exactly. The deep water of Lake Toplitz is nearly lifeless. Most fish, bacteria, and microorganisms can't survive there. Which means that items that sink to the bottom don't rot. They're preserved. The waters are so good at preserving things, when trees fall in the lake. They settle to the bottom and stay there for decades,
0: maybe hundreds of years. There are so many submerged trees in some places, it's like an underwater spiderweb.
1: All these factors give the lake a sinister quality, and it's attracted some truly evil people. Hermann Göring, one of the most powerful leaders of the Nazi party, had a vacation villa not far from Lake Toplitz.
0: Even Adolf Hitler had a retreat nearby. His infamous eagle's nest was less than 100 miles from Toplitz, which meant Hitler and his cronies likely had plenty of opportunity to scope out the area for their nefarious plans, like hiding treasure.
1: During World War II, as Germany steamrolled Europe, they confiscated vast amounts of wealth. They stole priceless paintings from museums, plundered jewelry from fleeing and imprisoned people, and confiscated roughly 100 tons of gold from Europe's central banks. Some estimate that by the war's end, the Nazis had amassed a trove of stolen goods valued at over 23 billion U.S. dollars.
0: And perhaps the most valuable item they stole was gold. Because even though gold is heavy and difficult to transport, it's untraceable. Unlike paper currency or even valuable paintings, gold bars can be melted down,
1: stamped into new bars or coins. During the first years of the war, the Nazis held most of their gold and valuables at the Reichsbank in Berlin. But in 1945, as Allied bombers pummeled the capital and the German Empire was on the brink of collapse, they needed to move their treasure elsewhere.
0: One of those secret locations was a tunnel in central Germany called the Merkers Mine. If you've seen the 2014 Hollywood film The Monuments Men, starring George Clooney, you may be familiar with this tale, but if not, it's based on a true story.
1: In April 1945, as the American army pushed into Nazi territory, they interrogated captured soldiers and townspeople for intelligence. One of the rumors they heard was that Nazis had hidden a massive cache of gold and valuables in a mine.
0: After a few tips from locals, they zeroed in on Merker's Germany. On April 7th, the U.S. 90th Infantry arrived at the Merker Salt and Potassium Mine, about 300 miles from Berlin.
1: There were multiple mine shafts and tunnels, but eventually the soldiers found what they were looking for. A mine containing 10,000 gold bars, 2,000 bags of gold coins, foreign currency, and nearly 3 billion in German Reichsmarks.
0: Not to mention priceless jewels and paintings— The American soldiers also learned that Merkers wasn't the only location hiding Nazi gold. Supposedly, there were caches all over the area. Which brings us to conspiracy theory number one. That Nazi gold was stashed at Lake Toplitz.
1: As the war was coming to an end, perhaps the Germans got wind of the Americans hunting for their treasures. So, they needed a better hiding place, somewhere less accessible.
0: Which is where our fairy tale lake high in the Austrian Alps comes in. On May 6, 1945, only a month after the Merkers mine was discovered, there were rumors of crates being dumped at remote lakes in Austria.
1: The problem was nobody knew where. Most of the witnesses disappeared or were likely too afraid to talk about it. But there was one brave witness who came forward, an Austrian farm girl named Ida Weisenbacher.
0: According to Ida's testimony, in the early morning hours of May 6th, she and her father were awoken by a convoy of trucks. Moments later, men pounded on their front door.
1: It turned out to be a platoon of German soldiers who demanded their help. Apparently, their trucks wouldn't make it up the narrow wooded path to Toplitz, so they needed Ida's father to hitch his horse-drawn wagon. Remember, Toplitz was so isolated, many vehicles wouldn't make it up the trail. That morning, Ida and her father allegedly shuttled three wagon loads containing 40 wooden crates up to the lake. According to Ida,
0: the boxes were nondescript without any markings, except for one— Stamped on the side of each box was a simple numerical code.
1: What were the numbers for? To this day, no one seems to know for sure. Maybe there's a secret ledger somewhere with a key to the codes. But so far, it hasn't been discovered.
0: Once the boxes were delivered, Ida stuck around to see what happened. That's when she witnessed the soldiers dropping them into the lake.
1: You'd think that would be big news around the Lake Toplitz region, but it may have been dwarfed by what happened two days later. On May 7th, the German army surrendered. The war in Europe was officially over.
0: All over the continent and around the world, there were celebrations and parades.
1: While most of Europe breathed a collective sigh of relief, some probably forgot about the mysterious crates.
0: But a few enterprising treasure hunters began searching for Nazi gold near the lake. And some of them ended up dead.
1: Coming up, Hitler's wonder weapons at the bottom of lake Toplitz. Now, back to the story.
0: In the years after World War II, treasure hunters flocked to the Austrian Alps searching for Nazi gold and loot.
1: According to some theorists, the earliest gold seekers may have come in 1946. In February of that year, two men were supposedly murdered near the lake. We can't say for sure who they were or even what they were doing. But story has it that the men were Austrian climbers hunting for gold.
0: The rumors of their deaths were graphic. One of the men allegedly had his stomach cut out. Whether or not that actually happened, we're not 100% sure, but there were other confirmed reports.
1: According to The Guardian newspaper, in 1947, a U.S. Navy diver got trapped in Toplitz's underwater trees and drowned.
0: What was the US Navy doing at the lake? Well, we don't know, but perhaps they were hunting for gold.
1: You'd think that multiple deaths at the lake would have discouraged others from exploring, but it didn't. It might have even enticed people.
0: Like the preeminent underwater explorer Jacques Cousteau. There's a theory that he discovered Nazi gold only 50 miles from Toplitz in nearby Lake Wolfgang.
1: Even though it was just a rumor, there's some circumstantial evidence for this one. Cousteau was a member of the French resistance against the Germans and was likely familiar with their operations. And he did pioneer early scuba diving equipment and underwater photography during the war.
0: If Cousteau found gold in Lake Wolfgang, it seems more than possible he'd also check out Lake Toplitz. Right now, it's just conjecture, But it's no secret that Cousteau's explorations in the 1960s, 70s, and 80s cost a lot of money. In 1978, his annual operating budget was almost $4.5 million, and his famous exploration ship, the Calypso, cost $8,000 per day to operate.
1: Whether Cousteau's ship and films were subsidized with Nazi gold, we may never know but we do know that others flocked to Toplitz and the surrounding area. In 1952, more dead bodies were found near the lake. This time, while investigating the death of a Frenchman at the lake, authorities found two other men shot in the head.
0: So the lake claims three more victims. But much like the previous deaths, we don't have much info about what happened maybe they were treasure hunters, maybe not. But it seems awfully suspicious that so many men were turning up dead around Lake Toplitz.
1: Either way, by 1963, there were so many divers and so much drama at the Alpine Lake that the Austrian government banned future explorations.
0: Remember, Toplitz is basically a death trap waiting for unsuspecting adventurers.
1: First, You have to deal with its high altitude, then the frigid alpine waters, and last but not least, the web of submerged trees.
0: But many suspect the Austrian government's ban on explorations was less about diver safety and more about distancing itself from the connection with Nazi Germany.
1: Even though Austria was technically annexed by the Nazis, according to the U.S. State Department, in 1938, 99% of Austrians voted to join Germany. Not to mention, during the war, Austrians comprised 13% of the Nazi secret police force, the SS, and they made up 70% of concentration camp leaders.
0: Those are dubious distinctions, so maybe the government was afraid of what other skeletons might be found at the bottom of toplets.
1: Thankfully, the ban on exploration didn't last forever. We don't know exactly why the Austrians changed their stance on the lake. Perhaps they removed all of the sensitive material, or maybe they gave up trying to hide it.
0: Either way, in 2000, a maritime exploration company called Oceaneering Technologies received permission from the Austrians to check out toplets. This is the same group that helped discover the wreck of the Titanic.
1: While the team prepared for the expedition, something strange happened. They received a mysterious message by fax machine.
0: The note was from a source who claimed to know exactly where the Nazis had dropped their gold.
1: According to the message, the anonymous sender had seen a map of where the gold was hiding. Apparently, they had seen it in South America, a notorious hiding place for Nazis after the war. The message specified
0: that the gold was buried in four lakes, one supposedly being Lake
1: Toplitz. The treasure hunters didn't put much faith in the mysterious fax message, and it didn't seem to pan out anyway. No gold was found on the expedition, but it may have opened the door to more people claiming to have info. In
0: 2014, the nephew of a high-level Nazi officer stepped forward. Michael Bruner, who was 79 years old, told the story of his uncle Ernst Bruner in a televised interview.
1: Ernst started out as a member of the Austrian secret police and eventually became the leader of the Austrian SS, as well as one of Hitler's trusted lieutenants. At the end of the war, he was captured less than 15 miles from Lake Toplitz and eventually executed for his role in the war and Holocaust.
0: Nearly 70 years later, in 2014, Ernst's nephew wanted to set the record straight about his uncle. According to Mikkel, even though Ernst was one of Hitler's most loyal followers, he disobeyed the Fuhrer's orders to destroy precious stolen artwork. And according to Mikkel, his uncle also knew what was dumped in Lake Toplitz,
1: namely gold
0: and treasures.
1: No one has ever been able to confirm Kaltenbrunner's story about the gold, but there is at least some who believe the account about Ernst saving artwork. According to the UK's Daily Mail and a book written by Austrian journalist Conrad Cromer, Ernst allegedly did save paintings. So
0: whether we should take a convicted murderer's word about gold simply because he saved some paintings is unclear. Well, We'll leave that up to you to decide.
1: But either way... All we know for sure is that after numerous dives and explorations, no Nazi gold has ever been recovered from Lake Toplitz, which seems to debunk our first conspiracy theory. Unless
0: the treasure hunters kept it a secret. For me, this theory still seems plausible. We know Nazis stash gold near Toplitz. We have a witness who says they dumped crates into the lake. Considering the depth and treacherousness of the water, there's a chance that gold is still down there.
1: Or, perhaps nobody found gold for a reason. There might not be any in the first place. Perhaps the legend of Nazi gold was simply metaphorical.
0: I'm still holding out hope for gold, but you are right about one point. There's actually evidence that Nazi gold might refer to something else that was valuable to the Germans. Weapons.
1: Which brings us to conspiracy theory number two, that the crates at Lake Toplitz actually hold secret Nazi weapons.
0: Before we get rolling, this one requires us to backtrack a moment back to the middle of World War II.
1: In the 1940s, the German military developed some devastating weapons. V-1 and V-2 rocket-powered missiles leveled parts of London, killing more than 30,000 civilians. Germany's superior submarines, or U-boats, preyed on Allied shipping routes. Thousands of ships and personnel were lost.
0: And as the war pressed on, Hitler demanded more and more advancements. The Nazis' new creations became known as the Wunderwaffe, or wonder
1: weapons. These armaments were doomsday-like military concepts, like supersonic missiles, rocket-powered bombers, and warheads that could be launched from U-boats or submarines.
0: Of course, before they could be deployed to the front lines, prototypes had to be tested, which is where toplets came in. The lake was used as a testing ground for many naval
1: weapons. There's evidence of the experiments all around Toplitz whose hillsides and cliffs are pockmarked by bomb craters. And in 1959, an expedition discovered signs of weapons at the bottom of the lake, ignition cables, a missile launch ramp, and various bomb and ammunition parts.
0: Were they evidence of Hitler's wonder weapons? Uh, We can't say for sure, but they seemed to confirm a top-secret testing facility at the lake.
1: As we mentioned, that was in 1959, just four years before Austria's ban of exploration at Toplitz. After that, the lake likely sat idle, or at least there were no reports of new discoveries.
0: But then in 1983, officials in Vienna received a strange request. A biologist named Hans Fricka petitioned the government to allow him to study the lake's worms. And we don't know exactly why Fricka wanted to examine them. Perhaps he wanted to know what sort of creepy crawly organisms could live in such a harsh environment. But the Austrians approved his request and Fricka went to
1: work. And the biologist found something amazing. In addition to an undiscovered worm, he found more Nazi-era weapons. This time, advanced rockets and missiles.
0: Once again, rumors of Hitler's wonder weapons resurfaced.
1: Two years later, in 1985, a team of divers who specialized in explosives went searching for weapons in the lake. They found the remnants of sea-to-air missiles a hatch to some kind of bunker, and something even more incredible, a prototype of a weapon that could have changed the course of World War II. The divers pulled up a
0: massive 9-foot fuselage of an experimental Nazi rocket, one that had never actually been used by Nazi soldiers.
1: Weapons experts at the time called it a Rochling shell, likely named for Hermann Rochling, a Nazi and wealthy German steel manufacturer. Allegedly, Hitler was obsessed with developing Rochling shells, which were supersonic bunker busters that could pierce armor and fortified structures. The
0: shell was designed to be fired
1: out of a cannon but it was
0: also equipped with a secondary rocket engine that would drive it forward at immense speeds, basically like adding a turbocharger to artillery shells.
1: If Hitler had put these Ruchling shells into widespread service, who knows what they could have done to London's underground network of tunnels or the U.S.'s armored ships. Perhaps the momentum of the war would have shifted completely.
0: Either way, they ended up submerged at the bottom of Lake Toplitz. This brings us back to our conspiracy theory number two, which states that Nazi gold at the bottom of Toplitz was a metaphor for other treasure. In this case, weapons. And we just heard that some pretty serious armaments were found, so for me, this theory seems
1: true. I agree with you that there were weapons found. But it seems like the Ruschling shells and missile launch ramp could have just been leftover parts from tests. Not necessarily the mystery crates in the bottom of the lake. And that's what we're really after, right? What's in the boxes?
0: Well, funny you ask, because there's proof that something else was dumped in the lake. Another weapon. With this one, Hitler hoped to lay waste to England and the rest of Europe but not by destroying their buildings and infrastructure. This one would hit the Allies in another vulnerable spot, their wallets.
1: Coming up, Hitler's plans for economic destruction. Now, back to the story.
0: After World War II, treasure hunters at Lake Toplets discovered evidence of deadly rockets, missiles, and bombs. But sitting on the bottom of the lake was another, perhaps more
1: devastating weapon. Counterfeit money. Which brings us to conspiracy number three. Nazi gold in Lake Toplets wasn't heavy bars or coins. It was other types of money, bills, currency, and perhaps bank account info. In
0: 1939, in the early stages of the war, Adolf Hitler masterminded a plan to destroy England not by bombing its cities, but by attacking its economy. The top secret mission was dubbed Operation Bernhard. In theory, the plan was simple. Print millions of fake British pound notes and flood the UK with them thus destabilizing London and all of its allies.
1: If the allied economies crumbled, they wouldn't be able to fund more weapons and they would be powerless against the German offensive. In actuality, the mission was a lot more complicated than that. First, it required finding counterfeit artists who could replicate England's currency in exact detail. After that was the monumental task of actually printing the notes with the correct paper and ink.
0: To accomplish this plan, Hitler put two Nazi officers in charge, Alfred Naujax and Bernhard Kruger, and they set to work. Except
1: counterfeiting was more difficult than they bargained for. It wasn't until 1942, three years later, that Operation Bernhard started to print notes.
0: After that, the Germans needed a vast workforce to run the presses as well as cut and stack the bills. For that, the Nazis turned to illegal forced labor, namely 140 Jewish prisoners at Sachsenhausen concentration camp in Germany.
1: The captives were forced to work in secret, isolated from the rest of the camp for close to two years. By 1944, Operation Bernhard had produced 134 million British pounds. It was poised to destroy Britain's economy.
0: But before Hitler could flood the world in the fake bills, the war was almost over. With the Allies closing in around them, the Germans found themselves with hundreds of millions in counterfeit money.
1: Even though most of the currency never made it into circulation, a small portion of them did. In fact, the Germans released enough five-pound notes that the Bank of England had to recall all of its fivers and issue a redesign.
0: Thankfully for the Allies, the rest of the currency, millions of notes, never saw the light of day. We don't know exactly what the Nazis' plan for the uncirculated bills was, Perhaps they thought Germany would return to power later and they'd restart the operation.
1: Maybe some enterprising soldiers hoped they could hide the bills so they could retrieve them and live like millionaires in exile. The only problem was they needed a hiding spot.
0: Which is where Lake Toplitz came in. In 1959, divers recovered crates containing over 70 million counterfeit British pounds. Were those the boxes that Ida Weisenbacher and her father helped towed up to the lake? We don't know for sure, but it's certainly possible.
1: Before we close out this conspiracy, there's one more version of this rumor that we should explore. Besides counterfeit money, there's a chance the crates held another type of financial document, bank accounts.
0: According to The Guardian, There's a theory that, submerged in Lake Toplitz, is information about secret, almost untraceable, Swiss bank accounts. See, during World War II, Switzerland remained, quote-unquote, neutral, which allowed its banks to do business with both Allied forces
1: and Nazis. And the Swiss did a lot of business with the Nazis. According to a U.S. government report, during World War II, Switzerland became Nazi Germany's primary banker. The U.S. estimated that after the war, between 250 million and $500 million worth of German assets were stored in Switzerland. And much of this money had been looted from European banks or stolen from Jewish citizens.
0: Even royalties from Hitler's book Mein Kampf were deposited directly into an account there.
1: And yet, after the war, Switzerland only gave back about 58 million of it, meaning there were Swiss accounts chock full of Nazi money and gold. But where were the account numbers?
0: Once again, that's where Lake Toplitz comes in. In
1: 1959, around the time that the counterfeit British pounds were located, Former Nazi officers testified that the lake contained documents with the Swiss bank accounts.
0: As we've heard earlier, only a few years later, in 1963, Austria shut down the exploration of toplets, which included the hunt for those bank account numbers.
1: But 40 years later, in 1999, the Simon Wiesenthal Center partnered with Oceaneering Technologies, part of the team that had located the Titanic to once again search the lake, this time to find the alleged Swiss account numbers and hopefully reunite Jewish families with stolen gold. Oceaneering Technologies used its advanced technology to map out the surface of Lake Toplitz's bottom. They sent down a one-man submarine to comb its murky depths.
0: Towards the end of their mission, they found something promising, wooden crates that seemed to be filled with paper.
1: Conservationists were on hand to carefully handle the boxes. The paper inside had been well-preserved in the cold, oxygen-free lake. But once they were removed, they'd start to degrade. So the team had to work fast.
0: Once they were out of the lake, the crates were rushed to Paris for expert analysis.
1: Unfortunately, when the crates were opened, they were full of more counterfeit British notes no Swiss bank account numbers. The search had reached the end of the road, as has our third conspiracy theory. To recap, this theory contends that the quote-unquote Nazi gold at the bottom of toplets was not gold at all, but other sorts of money, or bank accounts.
0: At this point, I think we can say with 100% certainty that this theory is true. Divers found plenty of currency in the lake, even if it was counterfeit money. But the bank account numbers are elusive. Based on the reports of those Nazi officers, however, I
1: do still think they're out there somewhere. But can we really trust the word of war criminals? Personally, I think Lake Toplitz has already yielded all of its secrets. And the Nazi treasure at the bottom was always just the counterfeit British pounds.
0: Either way, underwater explorers likely haven't given up on finding gold, but it's important to note that the search has taken on new meaning since the early treasure hunters of the 1940s.
1: That's right. These days, it's not an every-person-for-themselves hunt for riches. It's a humanitarian mission—to right the wrongs of Nazi Germany, to return the stolen gold to its rightful owners. Jewish families who were oppressed and brutalized by the Third Reich.
0: I said earlier Lake Toplitz and its surroundings seem like a location out of a fairy tale. Maybe one day the lake will give up its secrets and conclude with a happy ending. Thanks for tuning in to Conspiracy Theories. You can find all episodes of Conspiracy Theories and all other Spotify originals from ParCast for free on Spotify.
1: We're here on Mondays and Wednesdays with all new episodes. Until next time, remember, the truth isn't always the best story. And the official story isn't always the truth.
0: Conspiracy Theories is a Spotify original from ParCast. Executive produced by Max Cutler. Our head of programming is Julian Boireau. Our supervising sound designer is Russell Nash with Nick Johnson as our head of production and quality control by Lisa Marie Gallegos. Ryan O'Leary Jones is our supervising editor and Derek Jennings is our writing lead. This episode of Conspiracy Theories was written by Eric Cunningham, edited by Adam De Silva and Andrew Kelleher Fact-checked by Cheyenne Lopez, researched by Sapphire Williams, recorded by Alex Button, produced by Bruce Kotovich, with sound design by Anthony Valsic. Our hosts are Molly Brandenburg and me, Carter Roy.